And hello, everybody. It is Tom Chenault, and it is Adrian Chenault, and it is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show. And we are completely blown away by this guy. He's a good friend of my mentor, and the guy that really was, you know, probably five guys have been responsible for this drunk, almost homeless guy laying in the gutter, done well. Because Bob Bodine helped pull me up from nowhere and helped me be as big as I have gotten all because of him. And I just want to thank him for that. So he called me on the phone and said, you've got to get Bob on my, on the radio show. So Adrian read his book and gave it to me and said, dad, you've got to read this book. And this guy is your kind of guy. I love him. Don't you? Uh, I do too. And it, it's just been a, a pleasure getting to, to know Bob TD personally, even before getting to share him with you here on the air. And, you know, what I love about this guy is that he is a leader of leaders and he has done it in a kind of a, a what might seem like a roundabout way, even though I think by the time we finish our conversation today, you may come to share my view that it's not a roundabout way at all. It's the way to do it. But Bob Tidi is a, an incredible leader, uh, leadership trainer at Crew, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ, and is on his third edition of this amazing book called Leading with Questions. You can see it on his screen as well, where he's interviewed uh, some of the, the biggest names and biggest leaders across industry on the power of asking great questions. So Bob Tidi, welcome to Legacy Leadership. Wow, Tom and Adrian, I've been looking forward to this. I'm honored to be here. We're happy to have you. And we train the other side of the equation. We don't train people to ask great questions because we're not that smart. <laughs> we train people to listen to the great questions they ask. So you and I are ham and egg for Adrian and I. I mean, you are the man because you have to ask the great questions and then you have to remember the answers to your great questions forever. Right, sir? Absolutely. You know, you can learn a lot by just listening. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole movie. That is, that is yeah. exactly it. Was that a Yogi Bearism? You can learn a lot by just listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. So, Bob, share a little bit of your story and, and how you ultimately came to be in this really cool and unique role that you occupy with crew. I loved hearing this story, and I think that that'd be a great place for us to start today. Well, just uh, the past month marked 52 years on the staff of crew, formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ. And... Um, our first eight years were in crew campus. We, we spent three years where you're at, the state of Colorado, uh, one year at Denver University, two years at Colorado School of Mines and Technology in Golden, and uh, had a great time there. Uh, then moved to the state of Washington, then on to Oregon. First eight years, crew campus. In 79, the national director of crew played matchmaker and brought Josh McDowell and myself together. The Josh McDowell ministry is a division of crew Josh, a very popular speaker, author of many, many books at this point, over a hundred. And uh, the next 24 years worked uh, with Josh. We saw that ministry grow from a team of eight to over 150, incredible time. We were led to step away in 2003. We took a sabbatical, crew brought us seven opportunities. The one that resonated was leadership development. And uh, 
we've been on the leadership development team since 2004. And, uh, you know, I, I always say that uh, the mission of developing the next generation of leaders is actually the mission of every organization or needs to be. Because uh, any organization, if it wants to still be here in 15 to 20 years, in most cases, the current leaders will no longer be leading in the place will be the leaders that are now developing. And if they fail to do that well, their company, their organization won't fail tomorrow, not next week, not next month or even next year. But history is filled of stories of organizations that 15 to 20 years later failed. And so we take this very seriously, being a steward of our emerging leaders. And uh, so that's part of the story. But, uh, you know, in writing a book, Leading with Questions, having a blog called leadingwithquestions.com, people could think, I bet Bob just comes naturally to asking questions. And I say, I wish, <laughs> but no. <laughs> um, Tom, I know you have this great story of, of your involvement in AA and how it changed your life. I sometimes say I'm a charter member of TA. And people say, I, I don't know that I know what TA is. And I say, well, it's Tellers Anonymous. We yeah. go to our meetings and I stand up and say, my name is Bob. I'm a teller. <laughs> and they say, hello, Bob. And, uh, you know, whenever I speak, obviously that's a fictitious organization, but people come up later and say, Bob, I'm also a member of TA, Tellers Anonymous. Truth is, for most of my career, I was a benevolent dictator. <laughs> My only paradigm of leadership was thinking the job of a leader is to tell staff what to do, to give direction. Now, I did say benevolent. I grew up in a home where I was taught to say please and thank you. So if Tom and Adrian, if you'd been on my team, I don't think I ever would have said, hey, Tom, go do this. Adrian, go do this. It'd been more like, hey, you know, this week, guys, we're working on this. It'd really be great if you could please do this. And yeah. when you did it, I said, thank you. Um, <laughs> Staff meeting. Hey, guys, stand up. You all need to hear what Tom and Adrian did this week. And, and I don't want to suggest we got nothing done. But the truth is, I was a dictator. And in 2006, already on the leadership development team for crew, I found this book, the first edition of Leading with Questions, written by Dr. Michael Marquardt. I love books. You guys love books. There's a morsel in every one. I had no idea when I bought this, it would change my leadership and actually set me on a new path. And so that started in 2006. In 2012, I launched the blog. Mike and I became friends. And while this is his third edition, two, months, two years ago, he called and said, Bob, would you be willing to co-author the third edition? And so that's how I got involved. His book changed my leadership. And, and now what a privilege to co-author with him. That's really cool, isn't it? Yeah, it to, is. To be this sort of fan, so to speak, an appreciator of that work. And then to, you know, to build a relationship. And it's funny because there's a little bit. I, I, he there's only, there there's only one part that's not here yet. I'm looking for a text message from Bodine to ask me to co-author. So we haven't seen that. But everything else is close to the same. But you tell, are tell the story about finding Bob Bodine in his book because I think it's almost it, you know it's a mirror. Well, I just went to the airport and I was walking through there and it was for sale. So I read it on the airplane 
I called him afterward and I said, man, this book is going to change the world. And he just gotten it out. And, you know, he had a few people reading it. And I just said, I cannot believe this book is what it is. Everybody needs to have it, whether it's a spiritual group, whether it's a network marketing company, everybody needs to understand what drives relationship. And it's the people that you already have the BLTs with. They belong in your tribe. They know that you love them. They know they can trust you and they know that they're safe with you. They'll, therefore, they'll do anything for you. And I learned that from Bob Bodine. And wow. I have my inner circle just like you do and just like Bob does. And it can change the world. And we're just emulating what you guys are doing. And your Tom, book is a must read, sir. Well, thank you, Tom. I remember Bob Bodine and I having breakfast and him telling me uh, that he was looking to put his book in the airports and what it would cost him. I'm just thinking your story alone made it worth it. Oh, heck you know, yeah. Like, like MasterCard commercial, just that story was priceless. Yep. And he's given us invaluable advice. I mean, he is, he'll do anything for his circle. And he's teaching us to do anything for our circle. And then our circle learns to do anything for their circle and the world becomes a better place. Right, sir? Amen. And I, I'm also the beneficiary. Uh, Bob and I have been friends, I think, now for 25 years. And, and what an incredible gift his friendship to me is. And you never met a guy who loved his mom and dad more. Well, I'd give him a run for the money in that category. But good, yes, good. yes. <laughs> He's he's a beautiful human being. He he is, and he's a great example. As as are you. You know these these friendships have these ripple effects, right? And and so the the way that I first learned about you is that Bob posted about your new edition coming out of this book, and I thought, wow, what a great title! I need to know this guy. And I called Bob and said, hey, you know, if if you think it would be a good fit, we'd love to have. Bob TD on the show and, and help him to promote the book. And I'd love to get to know him. And, uh, you know, as you would expect, he said, absolutely. I think you guys would be a great fit. And he made that connection. And these things just, they continually interweave together when we hold on to these meaningful friendships. And Bob, you know, I, I think we both count him among our closest friends, among the people who we admire most, among people who we know that we could reach out to. And, it staggers my mind to think of how many people consider Bob Bodine in that sort of category. Yeah. And I know he considers you, yeah. Bob, in that category. And so it's just amazing the way that the world can flow together and these connections that we create can have an impact that carries forward, you know, for generations, for, you know, across lines that we never yeah. would have expected. Adrian, um, one of my, I love the scriptures. One of my favorite scriptures I'm thinking of right now is that the scripture says, man plans his way, but God orders our footsteps. Isn't and uh, wow. one of my prayers every morning is, God, don't let me miss the people that you put in my path today. Uh, now, you know, you know, sometimes it's, it's open the door for somebody and, and that's it. But uh, just having that awareness and uh, I don't ever want to get so focused on my agenda for the day as to miss God's agenda for the day. That's exactly right. That's exactly it. 
Are we already at the end? We're already, we got a minute to go to our first. You break. were so fascinating. We're already, Adrian <laughs> keeps the clock and we're already at the, is it in a minute? We got, we got a minute. Yeah, we got a minute. So where do people, where do you want to send people to buy your book? Where do you, where do we find more information about you? How do we get plugged into the, to you? That's well, what I want to know. Yeah. Two things. I invite everybody to subscribe to my blog, leadingwithquestions.com. It's free. You'll join leaders from 190 nations that have already subscribed. And so just go to leadingwithquestions.com, cursor to the bottom right, enter your email, click on subscribe, and you're all set. The book is available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. But you can wow. go to Amazon, Leading with Questions, ask for the, or, you know, type in the third edition. It's the blue one. There we go. The blue All right, one. man, we're going to take a fast break. This is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show on the Genesis Communication Network, 545 radio stations throughout the world. Thank you, Ted Anderson, for having us on. We'll be back right after this. All right. I love it. Christina Zaharia, thank you as always for being an awesome fan and friend of the show. Darlene, hello. Patricia, thanks for the shout outs. We got great people here. There's uh, Vicky. Who else we got here? It's so fun. We love getting to see the comments. And so keep them coming and hit that share button as well. We'd love to share this and uh, have it reach this great conversation, reach some more people. So we're going to come back here in just a second. And we're back. It's Tom Chenault. It's Adrian Chenault. And we are having a blast. This is one of Bob Bodine's really old friends. I'm just kind of a new old friend, but this guy's the real deal. He's connected at the very top of industry all over the world. He knows what he's talking about and his success lie in the questions that you ask. So I want you to master that as well as listening to those great questions get answered by the people that you're actually asking the questions of and back over to you, Adrian. So let's, yeah, let's actually start there. Like the, there's this premise of leading with questions and moving past being a, a card carrying member of TA and <laughs> into this world of learning how to ask better questions. How, why is that such a big difference maker for a leader? Well, let me ask you this, Adrian. Do you like being told what to do? Hate it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How have you felt whenever you've had a leader, supervisor, boss, director, whatever the title, but somebody you reported to, how did it feel whenever they said, hey, Adrian, what do you think we might do here? I, I, it always feels a lot better. Yeah. Without them saying it, they're communicating by their question, their action, that they value you. And, um, oh, Adrian, uh, play with me here just a little bit. I'm going to ask a silly question, but I'm going somewhere. All right. And that is, uh, if you were in a big canoe, you and nine team members, 10 of you all together, and there's oars for every one of them, and you want to get the canoe across the lake as quick as possible, how many of them would you like to have row with you? <laughs> I would like to have all, all of them rowing with me, half of them on one side and half on the other. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you got it. You got it. I told you it's a silly question, but, but I'm going somewhere. Imagine now that same team, you and nine of your team members gathered around your conference table. Yeah. There's an opportunity on the table. Now listen 
to my question carefully. If you are a leader like I used to be, the benevolent dictator, and your thought is it's your job to figure out how to take advantage of the opportunity, then you'll tell them what to do and they'll do it. But how many mental oars are there in the water then trying to figure out how to take advantage of the opportunity? One, just one. Yeah, only one. But all you have to do is lean forward, say, gang, here's this opportunity and you share it. What do you all think we might do? And then you listen. Now, Adrian, while it's not guaranteed, is there a probability that you might hear an idea from one of your team better than anything you had thought of? Almost guaranteed in my case. <laughs> yeah, because you got the, the, the odds are you've multiplied it by, by nine. Yeah. So let's say on the other side of the table sits Sally and Sally shares an idea and you're thinking to yourself, wow, that is brilliant. You lean forward, you look Sally in the eye, say, Sally, I love your idea. In fact, Sally, would you be willing to lead our team in executing on your idea? How hard will Sally work? She'll work her tail off. Because whose idea is she executing? Her own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's just a little bit on why a leader who leads with questions is so much more effective. Yeah. And then, you know, another thing I frequently share is, again, there's another confession. When a leader thinks they need to have all the answers, and that's what I used to think, hey, I'm the leader. I've got to have all the answers. Guess what you're tempted to do when you're asked a question by your staff that you don't know the answer for? Make it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm guilty. And I had such kind staff, they never stood up and said, TD, I think you just made that up. Yeah. But I'm thinking they thought to themselves, hey, I don't think Bob knew. I think he just made it up. Well, today, when I'm asked a question, I don't know the answer. Let's just say, Adrian, you asked me a question. I didn't know the answer. I'll say, wow, Adrian, that is a fantastic question. I don't know the answer. What do you think the answer might be? Many times staff have an answer. Sometimes I say, well, Bob, I came to you because I didn't have an answer to that. Well, Adrian, I don't either, but that's a fantastic question. How could we find the answer? Yeah. And usually they'll have some ideas. I mean, somebody they know, a Google search, and I'll say, Adrian, would you go do that research for us and come back? Because we need to know the answer to that question. Well, what I've just rehearsed there, Adrian, I'm not prepared to be asked anything. <laughs> <laughs> not to make it up, but to affirm the question and, and then together benefit from them doing the research. I love that. I love that. So we're going to take another quick break here in a second. On the other side of the break, I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about next because to do this book, to put it together, Michael and Bob talked to like some titans of industry, of the armed forces, of all different categories, and learn some amazing things that fed into this book. We're going to get into that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Legacy Leadership Show with Adrian Chenault, Tom Chenault, and Bob Titi. Go check out leadingwithquestions.com. We'll be right back. You are phenomenal, sir. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, that input and that feedback is so critically important. And 
it just makes nothing but sense. And so few companies, so few leaders really embrace it. You're the real deal, sir. And thank you. Grace, she's coming on. Look at that. Grace there and her go. daughter, Nikki. <laughs> Here we go. Holy mackerel. All right, we're coming back. And we're back. It's Tom Chenault. It is Adrian Chenault. And Adrian's going to take this guy deep now. Yeah, this is this has been a great conversation already. And, and one of the things that I, I really appreciated about your book, Bob, is that it, it's very research-based and it's not just, you know, lo and behold, you went out and asked some questions in order to help you to formulate a book about leading with questions instead of just doing this all from your experience or your knowledge. You tapped into a much wider database. And so, Bob, talk about some of the people that you all got to interview to put this work together and, and maybe share a couple of highlights of yeah. some of the, the most yeah. insightful conversations. Well, Adrian, I do want to share that my co-author, and I'm he's he's really the lead, Dr. Michael Morquart, and uh, for many years, professor at George Washington University, a brilliant, brilliant man. And uh, I'm just wanting to say that we did it together yes. <laughs> and uh, not something Bob did by himself. But one of the things that continually amazes me about leading with questions is that so many of the best questions are so simple. You can think, okay, if I'm really going to be good at leading with questions, I'm going to have to get a master's degree in questionology. You know, and I'm going to have to memorize these long, complicated kind of questions. And I say, uh, nope, you don't have to do that. In fact, don't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, a story in the book about Navy Captain Michael D. Abershoff. And when he took over the command of the USS Benfold, one of our nation's most modern warships, However, the Navy measures morale. Morale on that ship was the absolute lowest of any vessel in the U.S. Navy. I think we have approximately 300. 18 months later, under his command, retested morale was the highest of all ships. He literally took that ship morale from lowest to highest, worst to first. And uh, the first thing he did upon taking command was very telling. This wasn't all he did, but I'll tell the story of just the first thing. He takes command and he sets up 300 meetings, one-on-one -on -one with 300 sailors on that ship. Schedules them for 15 minutes each. Now, it took weeks to get this all done. But uh, in those meetings, 15 minutes each, he asked each sailor three questions. You're going to love this because you hear these questions once and you'll have them memorized. He said, what do you like best about this ship? What do you like least? What would you change if you could? Now, Captain Abershoff did not promise to make every change he heard, but it didn't take long. And he's hearing things and thinking to himself, what? What do you mean that's not being done on this ship? We're going to fix that. Yeah. But Tom, guess who he gave credit to for the ideas when he began to announce changes? Everybody that had them. Yeah, you, you could have been a new sailor out on your first uh, cruise. You had this meeting, you shared something. Maybe your idea was one of those ideas that he heard. Now, again, such a wise man. 
instead of taking personal credit, like, hey, I know we've done that other times on other ships I've been, and I can't believe they're not doing it here, so I'm announcing that I'm doing it. Now, he said, Tom, thank you, and uh, we're going to implement that idea. Well, at the end of the first day, he probably only met with 10 or 15 sailors, but there was a buzz on the ship. The new captain's different. <laughs> he actually is asking us for input. And uh, and when you hear just that story of how he started, you begin to say, well, of course, morale on that ship had to increase. And uh, and again, I love this story for so many reasons, the simple questions, but also the affirmation of the sailors who gave the input. Um, You know, he wasn't like he was so wise, he didn't take credit. And, And yet. You know, we look at him and say, obviously, a brilliant leader to have the wisdom to approach it that way. Uh, so that that's one. Adrian, I, Adrian still has a massive resentment. <laughs> he, he believes he is the man who invented the stopper for the coffee at the Starbucks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that is true. And they didn't give you, him credit. Well, to yeah, but funny story. So. To, to reflect back on, on what you just shared. It's so simple. And so much of it was, it was essentially the quality of giving a dang that was really what it all came down to, right? They yeah. was willing, 300 sailors is a lot of people to sit down and meet with. That took some real care and some effort. And there's a lot of other things that captain could have decided to spend time on. He chose to spend the time there. And that's a huge deal. And then to reflect back that recognition was a big deal too. And it's fun. It's so I hadn't thought about that in years, but it's funny he, that he alluded to this story. So Howard Schultz, the now I think retired chairman of Starbucks was chairman and CEO for a long time, stepped away as CEO and was just chairman and Starbucks kind of went in the tank around like 2007, 2008. And so the stock was doing bad. Howard decided to come back as CEO. And one of the first things he did is he put up a website called mystarbucksidea.com. And he, it was basically like a Reddit sort of a thing, an upvote, downvote sort of deal. And you could submit an idea for what could make Starbucks better. And so he did not do the second great step of recognition, but he got (laughs) curious about what the good ideas were. And I submitted the idea that my local Starbucks would take the stickers that they would use to hold the, the beans shut and they'd put a sticker over your the spout on your lid yeah. when you left to keep it from leaking. And that thing got like 500,000 upvotes or something crazy and they implemented it and that's when they created those little sticks. And so it's just cool how wow. stuff happens. I think I should have Starbucks free for life, but it, it does not happen. Absolutely. I give it to you free. I'll, I'll never look at that stopper the same again. There you go. That's what I wanted to hear. That's my number one, two truths and a lie truth. I love that one. You know, the, we're talking about Starbucks and this story is not in the book, but it's a great example. There was a blog post and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of who authored this blog post, but said they were working on a proposal and they were, you know, going to go present to a, a potential buyer and they stopped at Starbucks for coffee. And so they're sitting there drinking coffee and they make this observation. Starbucks offers three sizes, right? Tall, grande, venti, or you could say small, medium and large. Yeah. And they thought, huh, 
and they just watched and then they asked, which one is most frequent? Well, the grande turns out to be most frequent. But what they began to think about was, if you say, hey, would you like coffee? We then are evaluating yes or no. <laughs> would you like this one or this one? We're still evaluating. Do we want it or don't? But when you offer three things, now you're evaluating, not do you want to buy it? You're evaluating which one? And, uh, and so just at times, asking a question with three options, I'll give you a practical hint. I don't know who in your family kind of says, hey, if you're, you know, ordering out or getting food, uh, where should we get the food from tonight? Or if you're going out, which restaurant? Instead of just saying, hey, should we go there? And the spouse is mm, yes or no, give three options. And then they're evaluating between the three and you'll actually get a faster decision when you offer three options than when you offer just one, because if you get a no, well, then you have to think of another option and you're evaluating that. At any rate, they learned that from Starbucks, three options. There you go. And, and that's exactly it. You're doing, when you do that, you're part of what you're doing is you're removing some of the the heaviness of that question for the other person, right? It's hard to, maybe it's hard to come up with the idea of like what restaurants we want to go to. Cause I have to pick from the whole universe of all the options. Yes. If you give me three, it works better. And you see that happen in restaurants with menu options and all that kind of stuff. And so that's, that's powerful stuff. Bob, okay. it, it, is there another, uh, another person that you encountered uh, along the way that you, you'd like to share about? Yes. Um, <laughs> Would you like to know the four questions one consultant uses to make a handsome six-figure income? Yes. Uh, he Somebody shared, write these down. Yeah. He shared that he's not a subject matter expert. They don't invite him in because he has expertise. And he said, on day one, I could consult with the head of an airline company. Day two, the head of a pharmaceutical company. Day three, the head of a software company. He said, I'd ask the same four questions. He said, might you be curious to know the questions? Like, like, yeah, and can I write them down? Just like Tom said. He said, I'd be disappointed if you didn't. He said, here they are. First question is, what's going well? Second, what's not? Third, where are you stuck? Fourth, what needs to change? And then, you know, he kind of backed up and said, Bob, don't miss that first question. He said, if I started with a new client 8 a.m. in the morning, never been with them before, and I start with what's not going well, he said, I'd never get an honest answer. He said, no one at 8 a.m. wants to get naked and confess, yeah, we're a bunch of losers here. And so if you start with what's not going well, it feels like you're having to confess, yeah, we're a bunch of losers. Yeah. He said, I never start there. I start with question one, what's going well? Now he has a whole bunch of what else's and how'd you figure that out? And well, then how did you get into that? And, you know, he's cheering. And he said, by the time I'm done with question one, they're thinking that I'm thinking they're the most brilliant leader I've ever spent time with. So he said, when I then ask what's not, I actually get an honest answer. Because, you know, using baseball as a word picture, they're not feeling like they're confessing. We've had nothing but outs and errors and, and losses. Right. It's like, you know, in spite of the games, one runs batted in, uh, all the hits. Yeah, we've had some errors. We've had some losses. 
And you actually hear the same, the real story. And then he said, Bob, look at question three and four. Where are you stuck? What needs to change? He said, guess who solves their problem? <laughs> they do. Yeah. Yeah. And and he said, at the end of the day, they write me that big check and tell me I'm a brilliant consultant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to do that. <clears throat> well, I was on a, a podcast with Tom Ziegler and I shared the same story. And Tom, at this point in the conversation said, well, Bob, he said, I'm a bit of a brain science nerd. I've studied brain science. Can I tell you why that first question is so good? And I said, Tom, it's your podcast. You can say anything you want. <laughs> he said, well, when the brain is processing positive things, like what's going well, positive endorphins are firing. He said, that is the perfect place brain-wise to solve problems. Yeah. He said, the leader that comes in and beats up the staff with what's not going well and now wants them to fix it. He said, that is not the ideal place in terms of energy, creativity, and the things you need to solve a problem. I love that. I love that. All right. We got to take one last break before we come back for our final segment together. You're listening to the Legacy Leadership Show with Adrian Chenault and Tom Chenault with our guest, Bob Tede. Make sure you go check out leadingwithquestions.com on the break. We'll be back right after this. Who would have thought that this guy was going to be one of our favorite guests uh, he's ever? He's awesome, isn't he? You are awesome. Thank oh, you, Tom. Your favorite guest today. Yeah, yeah. That's I always tell him he's my favorite kid too. So that, yeah, I wouldn't take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> That's a good point. But I but I do appreciate the enthusiasm and affirmation. You get the best out of any guest. There we go. All right, hold on one sec. And we're back. It's Tom Chenault. It's Adrian Chenault, my little boy, and Adrian is learning a ton from a master named Bob Thede. And what you need to do is get this book called Leading with Questions and you need to buy it today. Do you have it on Audible? Yeah, on Amazon, it is available on Audible. Oh my oh, gosh, nice. that's exciting. Cool. Yeah, so you look at this complete marathoner's body and you will know that I listen to books while I'm running <laughs> through the refrigerator. So this is very, very exciting. So yeah, 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 this is cool. Take it away, Adrian. So Bob, all right, you're you are the questions expert, and so I feel like I should ask you this one. Is there any question that I haven't asked you yet that you wish I would have asked you by now? Oh, Adrian, there is one that comes to mind. And yes, I would love for every listener to go to Amazon or wherever books are sold and purchase not only one, but copies of Leading with Questions for your whole team. But you asked, is there another question? And that is, ask me how someone can get the book for free. Ooh, all right. How can they get a copy of the book for free, Bob? I would invite every listener to consider this. And that is to join the third edition book ambassador team. Now, if you join the team, here's the greatest benefit. And that is you will help increase the leadership effectiveness of everyone in the shadow of your influence. What's required is that when you get your book, you take a picture kind of like this, post that picture with link to Amazon, do a review on Amazon, and then again, post the picture with yourself and send out an email to your whole list, encouraging them to purchase 
leading with questions, the third edition. If you're willing to do that, we will then send you an appreciation, a complimentary copy autographed and, and sent to you. And if you have interest in giving that consideration, just go to leadingwithquestions.com. On the top, once you get there, you'll see the word contact. I'm just checking it. Yeah, contact. And uh, click on that place to fill in your name and email address and just put a little note. Bob, tell me how to get the free book. And I will send you an email so you can have all the details and then decide whether you want that free book or not. It does require that you make that commitment. But guess what? If you say you're going to do it, we're going to trust you and we will send the book because we trust you. Isn't that cool? Shipping's 500. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, this is the best so news cool. in the world. Thank you. Wow. Very, My pleasure. Very generous. That is, that's really, really cool. Bob, the show is called Legacy Leadership and, and we think of your legacy, not as something that is so much about what happens after you're gone, but about the ripples that you create while you're still here on this earth. What is the legacy that you hope to be creating in this stage of your life right now? Wow, that is, you ought to write a book, Adrian, with great questions. <laughs> that is one of them. Um, the, the legacy, again, when, when a leader gets better, everybody wins. And, uh, and there's something that, that's a multiplication effect is, is my prayer, my goal, my intent. And that is that as a leader understands this paradigm, that leading with questions would allow him or her to be 10 times more effective. Once they grab hold of that, it's, it's, they're saying what I said. Why hasn't anyone ever shared this with me before? And then a leader who leads with questions, well, I'll back up. A leader who always gives the answers will develop a group of followers. But I'm suggesting the job of leadership is to develop leaders. And a leader who leads with questions will be developing a group of leaders. Right. You know, it's like the old thing of, of give a man a fish and he'll come every day. Give, give staff an answer, they'll keep coming. But ask questions. And they'll be able to do that in turn. That's what I'm praying for my legacy to be. That, that is so beautiful. And it's, it's so funny. I, I was on a call this morning with a guy named Brandon Cunningham, who's a huge leader in the yeah, we love marketing him. space. And he goes, you know, the thing I have learned is that you become a leader in network marketing and you learn it the hard way the first time which is that you've created a 24-7 job where everybody is pounding on your door constantly asking for the answers. And the only way to really be a sustainable leader is to cultivate other leaders. And if you give them all the answers, they will never be leaders. You have to teach them how to ask the questions and find the answers themselves. And so he he's a, a disciple of Bob TD without even knowing it. And I'm going to tell him he needs to check out the book. That's such oh, a beautiful thing. Send me his, his name and address and I will send a complimentary one via cool. his friend. Yes. All right. He is so cut out of the Bob Bodine cloth. It's almost <laughs> creepy, isn't it? You guys are like cloning each other. And it's very, very inspiring to both Adrian and I because we know we need to get better. And the only way we can do that is to ride on your shoulders a little bit and learn from you. 
and we just want to thank you for coming on the show. You were you were extraordinary, and we knew this was going to happen. And thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate you. It's been my honor and my pleasure. Who's our guest next week? Next week we have Shanita. I can't say her yeah. last name the right way, but she is amazing. Co-founder of By Design and a legend in the network marketing space. It's going to be a really fun conversation. And Bob TD, you shot the lights out today. Thank you so really much did. for being such a wonderful guest. Everyone, make sure you go to leadingwithquestions.com. Subscribe to the blog. Hit that contact button at the top right and get plugged in as an ambassador so we can spread the word of asking better questions. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you all next week. Thanks again. Bye-bye. And what about our favorite commenter, Denise Chenault? Denise Chenault is the best and the glue behind the scenes of everything that we do. So thank She does you. all the emails, the all comments. the websites, all the everything. And the woman is right now climbing a mountain in Boulder, Colorado. That's all right. Cool. That's multitasking, Bob. So <laughs> we love you, sir. We love Bob Bodine, and we want to thank you for coming on. I will text him and tell him what a great time we just had. Legacy right. right here. Love you, buddy. Take care. Love you. Love Bye -bye. you both. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye.